everyone, and welcome to the Fan Fiction Tapes. I am your host this week, no Maya, only Dylan. And alongside me, uh, we have our guest for today. Hello. And as always, every day, out here, working hard, producing content, it's producer Ian. Hi. Amazing. I think we forgot to say the name of our guest, though. Hi, Barry. Yeah. Welcome back. Hi. Hi, Barry. Wait. <laughs> Who's yeah, Barry? Hi. I don't know Barry. Uh, Who is he? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, alongside Barry, uh, we're going to be talking about an interesting topic this week, and that is side characters. Facing this character month, we decide to go into side characters. And, like... Side characters is something we all love as any sort of consumers of any literature or content that is, uh, you know, narrative-based. We all like a good side character. Sometimes our favorite character is the side character because we want to rebel against the fact that protagonists are the people we're meant to like. And we go, no protagonists, we don't actually like you. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The protagonist is the pariah. We respect the side character. Yes. <laughs> now, the first topic I want to talk about is, what do we think qualifies as a side character? Because some people might say anyone not protag is side character. Of course, sometimes we have multiple protagonists or, you know, other sort of protagonists. We have secondary and, you know, like a third protagonist even. So I, mean, I think I think by the strictest definition, yeah, it would be if it's not the protagonist or the antagonist, that's a side character. But in like a modern sense, though, we split it up, split it up a bit more, don't we? We have like mm -hmm. here is main cast, and the main cast is usually about three or four people. It's you might have like you know the golden trio. Uh, alongside the antagonist, and then you'll have the side characters, or something along the lines of that, you know. Uh, like, uh, pull one out of the hat. Like, if we talk about Full Metal Alchemist, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, Edward Elric and Alphonse Elric, well, Edward is the main character, and the protagonist, Alphonse is still, like, a main character. You wouldn't call him a side character. You know, yeah, sure. absolutely. He's, he's he's a secondary protagonist, a, a deuteragonist. Yeah, if you want to get that's the word. Yeah, a side character in my mind, like you would say, Roy Mustang in this example is a very developed side character. You know, he's not the main focus, and you know, he's not in every episode. He isn't even a part of the main storyline all the time. But he has his own storyline, his side story that we watch. Yeah, um, you can get you can get even further. You can go through the uh, the the Full Metal Alchemist cast and get even further down the uh, the hierarchy of side characters. Um, yeah, like, Full Metal Alchemist has like a million characters. Yeah, the side characters have side characters. So I mean, <laughs> it's like, great. <laughs> you could you could consider you could consider um, Roy Mustang like possibly even as a tritagonist. Yeah, that is something I would consider, yeah. At, at which point, he has his own supporting cast. Which yeah. he does. <laughs> Some of them die, but he does have them. Yeah. <laughs> but you always look at, then, like, the hierarchy. I think the difference between what we think of, like, a side character and then, like, a minor character. Like, where does that distinction come in, then? Like, if we can distinguish... What is a, a main character to a side character? How do we then distinguish a side character from a minor character? You know, how how big and or small are the roles then have to be? Like, I don't know, think of maybe the chimeras in this example. Like, do we consider them to be side or minor? I would, I would probably uh okay so my first instinct as the distinction between a side character and a minor character um a side character has uh multiple scenes 
mm-hmm. whereas a minor character only appears in one or two. A minor character would be someone in like Full Metal Alchemist who only appears in like one episode or two episodes. That doesn't mean that a minor character can't have a large impact on the overall story. For instance, by this definition, I think um, Nina Tucker would be a minor character. Mm. Oof. But true. Yeah, only appears in uh, one episode in Brotherhood. Yes. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> For a... I think I, if I, I recall correctly, it runs it runs a little longer than one episode in the original uh, anime like adaptation. Six? I've never watched 2003, but I've it has. Read it, the I've, I, I, have, I have, but I have, it's been a long time. I can't uh, I remember think, if it's. I think the Tucker arc in 2003 is two episodes. Two episodes? So, okay. I thought yeah. it was three, but it, mm, I, one of the adaptations is two episodes. I don't. Okay. So yeah. I do remember that it's it's a lot shorter in Brotherhood, specifically because it was very well adapted in 2003. Yeah, basically, <laughs> the idea of Brotherhood, yeah. That's kind of how Brotherhood treated all the stuff that was adapted in 2003. Yeah. It was like, okay, we did this well, let's do it well, but quicker so we can get to all the stuff we didn't get to the last time. Exactly. And it's uh, a lot better than 2003. especially especially in the back half (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah so like so we've qualified what we think a side character is side character is someone who will appear pretty frequently through the story but is not the main character the protagonist or the antagonist or the deutagonist or the tritagonist (laughs) or the quadragonist I don't yeah, think you can... we often have quadragonists. Yeah. Not in your stories. I mean, I, mean, I suppose you, I suppose can you that think depends of a on good you... quadragonist. I guess uh... that, that depends on on how you uh, uh, characterize um, the girls in Ruby. Uh... Well, I Late okay. Let's talk Zaya? about Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> Setting you up there, Dylan. Let's talk about Ruby. <laughs> So why I say, when I talk about quadragonists, and why I don't think we see many of them, is because it's not good to have so many. Now, we're skipping a point here, but that's fine. Um, When it comes to making side characters and developing a cast, we're talking about a bit grander more than just side characters here. We're talking about how to, you know, make a cast of characters. When you make them, you can run into an issue where you get cast bloat. And cast bloat is when you have too many characters and a lot of them are underdeveloped or you have like a sort of too many faces, too many things. And maybe some people get too much screen time compared to others. We get it. And um, yeah, Ruby, a show that we all hold very near and dear to our hearts, I assume. Uh, I do at least. Um, is a show that I I have said on multiple times has suffered from cast bloating. There are too many characters, too many side characters, and that makes a lot of problems for when certain things are underdeveloped. For example, we have what I would describe as our main protagonist, Ruby Rose. On her team, there's another character called Blake Belladonna. Blake is, at times, the tritagonist, at times the main protagonist. She has her own story at one point, and it's like a main focus. But the problem is, these characters don't have a one-on-one conversation for, like, seven seasons. (laughs) Okay, so, here's... Blake... Blake is my ride or die, right? Her and Penny are my favorite characters. Like, I knew there was a reason I, I liked you, Barry. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, good. Time. I, I think, firstly, they had a one-on-one in the first volume. Well, Yang was there too, but they talked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they had one in volume six. So technically, they only took six years for another one, not seven. Gotcha. 
fooled. Reptile <laughs> ratio. Ratio. Secondly, you're not wrong about Ruby having cast float, but I my personal opinion on it is that cast is proportional to the scope of the show. That's how you're supposed to do it. If you have a small setting, you're supposed to have a small cast, a big setting, a big cast. Ruby has a big setting. I don't think the problem is the amount of characters. The problem is the amount of them present all at once that causes problems with screen time and development. Yeah, that is true. That's why I advocate for not removing characters, but instead writing them better in like fanfics and reworks and stuff. And that is something, yeah. That's uh, because I think every character has a story to tell, but because of the way they're all put together, they just can't. And that kind of kills at least the pacing of the show uh, in a few places. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I will say that. The thing I always go about is that the philosophy of Ruby is... You know how we talk that in usual writing, things come in freeze. That's how we talk about usual things, you know. Everything comes in freeze. With Ruby, characters come in fours. <laughs> and that's a big number. So... Like, like when we talk about that, it's like, okay, we have four kingdoms, four things, four, 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 four. And our teams are made up of four people. And when you do that, it's like, okay, let's, here's our main team. Okay, our side team also has four people. And then our, our third most important team that we initially thought was going to be our third most important team has four people. But this other team we made has four people. And then the cash just expand. Like, if we look by the end of, like, volume three, even, we're already juggling a lot. And, like, certain characters are just, like, like, they're side characters because they appear in multiple episodes, but they don't, they say, like, one word a season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. At volume three, like I can, I'm I'm a nerd. I can name the teams, but if you ask me to remember like which ones are important, I'd say two, maybe three. Like, cause there's Ruby, Juniper, Coffee, uh, Cardinal. Like occasionally, then there's Indigo, Bronze, the other one. You didn't even say you, Sun. Yeah, <laughs> Auburn, Sun. That's another one. Uh, then you have all the Beacon staff. Uh, all Ironwood, Crow, Winter, Penny, exception. Well, she dies, and then she... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> then you have Ciel, who... She's a minor character. She only shows up once. Never mind. Then there's Funky, which we didn't see two of their members until Seven. Uh, and and that's those two all. members... Those two members only appear, appeared in, like, one episode. I don't think either of them even had lines, but you get the point. I think like, one of them had, like, one line. Yeah. Uh, the point which. is... The point is, you're right. Volume 3 was juggling a lot. And I just wanted to get more specific with it. Because when we say we're juggling a lot, we don't just mean like, oh, there's like 16 characters taking up screen time. I mean, in terms of characters who have been named, there's about 40. Yeah. And sure, like, half of them are in the background, but we still know them ostensibly. So, like... The focus is on this on, is on Ruby. Then we have Coffee, Sun, and Juniper all doing their thing. Then we have, um, you know, all these other teams in the back. And then it's like, okay, okay, I can kind of roll with this. Then we have Ozpin. Then we have Glinda. That whole thing is going down. Uh, don't get me started on the villains. It's like, okay, this is a lot. I'm trying to keep track of all this stuff, and it's a lot. Yeah, and then arguably the best moments in Ruby is when they cut the cast bloat. <laughs> that I'll say, like, early volume six, when they separate and only have, you know, eight characters be your focus and, like, two others in a different story. That's great. Yeah. And or right I'm now, re- with yeah. <laughs> volume nine, there's Ruby, there's Little the Mouse, and then there's a bunch of kooky characters. And Neo's there, too, I guess. But, like, the point, it, like, 
And this is some of the best character writing they've had. So, like, clearly they know how to write good characters. It's just that they overstep on how many they think they can include, and it leads to problems. And it also becomes, like, when you have a show that, like, you know, one season you introduce this minor side character who's, like, he he's just, he's just in the background. He doesn't do much. He's just a, a body, you know, filling it. He's filling time, you know. He's filling the scene. But then that character over the course of the series, he says something funny once and everyone is, like, in the off-season, like, oh, ha, 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 he's great. Uh, let's give him more. And then it's like, oh, oh, no, this character's taking a life out of his own and he has to get more. And then other things underdeveloped and you're just, like, screaming at your your computer screen. <laughs> there's too many yeah. there's too much everything's too much calm it down i think i think that is a a issue that comes up from the particular way that rooster teeth interacts with its fandom compared to like other media companies like their history is red versus blue which is um halo uh machinima and very not serious and they have developed from that a lot of close interaction with their audience so they're used to doing that they're used to interacting with their audience and i think that's carried over into ruby a bit um like part of the cast bloat in volume three when they had the tournament arc and decided to include these various other teams um like the sun versus indigo episode um Team Indigo were all based off of people who, fans, who had, like, won a lottery at RTX or something like that. Uh, that was the only reason that that team existed. Yeah. Basically. Not to continue to hop on about Ruby, I would talk yeah. about another series that I don't think suffers from cast bloat, but has cast bloat. So there's a difference between, like, suffering and it actively hurts your story and more, this is just a thing that exists and you have too many characters, but I don't think the story is hurting because of it. Have either of you interacted with My Hero Academia at all? I know it exists. <laughs> uh, I, I've been meaning to watch it through, but, like, I, I'm bad with watching stuff through. Ah. So I, I I haven't kept up with it since uh I okay the last time I watched it was um oh what's his name the, the uh, gentle the dude who, ah so who season concerned. five yeah yeah I I think I know what you mean though because like I look at my hero stuff occasionally and like there's a lot of them. So, my hero, let me start out. Let me, let me give you the example. So, immediately, you have class 1A. That's 20 characters. You have class 1B. That's 20 characters. You have all the faculty. You have pro-heroes. You have other students in the school. You have the bad guys. The other bad guys. The third bad guy. The lone wolf bad guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, of course, My Hero has a lot more episodes than Ruby. So that helps them immensely. And what they do is they sort of establish a hierarchy of side characters. So I would describe that My Hero has a protagonist, a... A deuteragonist and a tritagonist. And they are sort of the main focus. Uh, but then, you know, they you have sort of within like certain levels a sort of the tiering system. It's say you are a part of the next tier of important side characters, and then you and then you and you and you, and you go down. And I think that works a lot better, where you acknowledge this character exists, they're in the story, they hear the film numbers, but they won't necessarily ever get that big story or big important moment. They'll get minor victories because they're in the cast, but 
yeah, they're just here to, to be here. And I think that's a lot easier when you put limitations on what a character does. You know, you'll say, this character will, you know, never do more than what I intend them to do. You, you have that character, and they're purely there just to be there. And sometimes that's good. <laughs> Not yeah. everyone needs, uh, you know, a, a, <laughs> to be developed and have a backstory, uh, you know, that that is very complicated and integral to the story. Sometimes you go, this guy has a bird head. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I too love Thoth, the Egyptian god of knowledge. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's why I think of Casper, like, controversially, I say when I, if I were to make something Ruby, I would, you know, take out, like, <laughs> like half the cast. <laughs> Even the main cast, mm -hmm. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> I take it to the chalkboard. I get wild. I get weird. <laughs> you should have aimed for the head. <laughs> uh, I think you've gone on record before stating that you would cut Blake and Yang. I would. I, I would and turn I it in. Bumblebee I would sick. <laughs> no, no, I not because they're gay. Because I would then make it a, I would make it a Weiss Pira Ruby, try try tri slash fanfic. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so don't, based. Yes. <laughs> I recall Honestly, the, mm -hmm. giving you. Sh I recall giving you shit for this. Because you were like, I'm going to take out these characters. Yeah. Just write them better. Because it's a lot of effort to write them better. Sometimes you just want to write a story and not deal with the 50 other stories. <laughs> Let's talk about a different Fair. show. Or a different oh, thing. oh, oh. Speaking of shows that are notorious for cast bloat, have either of you seen Bleach? Nope. Okay. Nope. Yeah. I Again, think that's... Gonna... Gonna oh, carbon date myself on on record, but um, I think Bleach is one of the first anime that I actually ever got into. Uh, not quite while it was airing, but sh like right after. Um, I am I am an old. Um, ah, you're a tsunami classic. Yeah. Oh no, I I didn't watch it on tsunami. I watched Dragon Ball oh. Z on tsunami. There you go. Um, no, I uh, I sailed the high seas. <clears throat> Ooh, based. Yeah. Anyways, um, that is a show that has a huge amount of cast bloat, and as I recall, it's a, in large part due to uh, the mangaka had a habit of designing new characters to deal with writer's block. Oh, that's, that, that can be... That can get out of hand fast. Yeah. <laughs> Is it wrong that I think that's a good idea? <laughs> yeah, that, that's bad, Barry. <laughs> okay. If you say so. Uh, another thing is... Uh, when we talk about... And cast bloat, I think late season Game of Thrones suffers from cast bloat. Which is ironic, considering how many of them die. Yeah, but the thing is, when, when you have a cast that is all in separate stories, and in these hour-long shows, 10 episodes, you know, you get like 10 to 11 hours of content out of them. Mm -hmm. can, when you bring them all together, and you suddenly got a... You only have, you know, six six episodes and it's like trying to fit them all and the world feels a lot smaller. It's just indicative of the writing of late Game of Thrones, late stage Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Is it yeah. all bad? <laughs> I've I've said before, Game of Thrones was is a, is trying to adapt a story about systems and tell a story about people. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately the the idea of a song of ice and fire is to explore monarchy, duty, uh, where power truly is. That is the question posed. Does a does a guy kill the mercenary and the priest, the priest and the king, or the king and the mercenary? Who does he fight for? It's where he believes the power is. 
is in God, money, or uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. I'm, but- I'm butchering that, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, late stage Game of Thrones does suffer from this, and it's also the fact that certain main characters like Jon Snow and Sansa Stark and Arya Stark, their stories uh, like sort of end, but then don't. Yeah, and then you end up with the situation where these other protagonists, the other main characters, their stories have ended and they've merged into the uh, other's storyline and they suddenly are side characters. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, like, if if we look at, like, Sansa Stark, for example, whatever I think of her story after season four... Her story in season five and six ends at season six, as does Arya's. I think the stories told in five and six are both dog. They are dog poop. But they are stories and they end. And then they make up this moronic story in season seven, (laughs) where Littlefinger is trying to Littlefinger Arya and Sansa against one another. And it, don't, it, it don't put it like that. That's that's his character. Phrasing. That's his character name. Okay, it's Game that's, of Thrones. Are we I really know. that worried about incest? <laughs> I, no, I don't I think. I think the uh, the the phrasing there implies more molestation. Little Quite finger, you. Sansa and Arya. I mean, that's his name, Peter Baelish. He comes well, from the I fingers, know, and he I'm, is small. His I know. name is Littlefinger. I, I know his name is. Danny we know this. And, anyone who, little, un- and, 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 but you cut out the little, and it sounds like you're saying finger Sansa and Arya. Well, you're just perverted. You're perverted. I wasn't the one who brought it up. Yes. No, I just said it, and then you were like semantics. Okay, so what kind of uh, side characters do we like? <laughs> oh wow. Okay, change the subject. Okay, tons. Jesus, I'm trying to think though, because like I need to narrow it down to actually talk about them. Uh, <laughs> ooh, I'm really into a game right now, and I would love to talk about that. So, have and either of y'all played Hi-Fi Rush? Nope. Really? Oh. Okay. And you think I'm some you think I'm some sort of gamer? (laughs) I mean okay. Well, in Hi-Fi Rush, the main characters are this resistance group against a despotic robot corporation, basically. I like it. Yeah. And the main main protagonist is this cringe fail moron rock star wannabe with a heart of gold named chai all the characters named after food and drinks roll with it um and with him are i guess they're also main characters but they play a side character role to his growth it's it's weird uh and they're the other members of this group like you have the leader of the group peppermint you have the shy giant macaron, and you have a therapy bot named Cinnamon. And and I like them. There's the villains, I like them. Well, the main antagonist is a guy named Kale, but he has like side character buddies. I like them. And the whole game is just really charming and beautiful. So when I think side characters I like. The, I guess, topical thing I can say about it is the side characters in Hi-Fi Rush. Cool, cool, yo. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think of, like, sort of types of side characters I like, I always like the side character that is far superior to the protagonist in every single way. Oh, you also meant <laughs> types. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, Types of side characters. characters. I like ones where it's clear their story is still important to them, even if it doesn't, like, cross into the main story too often. 
like uh, circling back to Ruby, some of these side characters have their own lives going on. That's why they come in or dip out of the story. Uh, but it only occasionally interrupts the story that's being told, I guess is the way I want to phrase that. Hmm. Uh, for me, uh, if I... Okay, go ahead. Uh, like, let me think. Ilya, Blake's uh, lesbian chameleon friend. Mm-hmm. I say that because I know a guy who will forget her. <clears throat> Tap. She has her own arc going on. She comes into the story like in the middle of that, and when she leaves in volume six, that arc is finished, but it feels like a side piece to Blake's arc anyway. That's what I mean. Yeah, I, I loved uh, Ilya's Famicel arc. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, Ilya <laughs> Ilya's fun. I wish we got more of her. Uh too but much then... gay. No, Texas. Texas moment. <laughs> <laughs> Real Texas hours. Oh, true Texas hours. Uh yeah, for me, uh, as I went, as I was saying, like any sort of character that is like just way better than the protagonist. Levi Ackerman from Attack on Titan, who totally roasts Aaron <laughs> deservedly. I love Levi, such a Levi fanboy. Best uh, character. Uh, Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> Shadow is just like an edgy Sonic, though. He's not better than Sonic. Yeah, but you forget, he has a far more powerful ability than Sonic can ever have. A gun. (laughs) America moment. (laughs) This is like taking candy from a baby, which I have no problem with. Shadow the Hedgehog. The the line is, (laughs) which is fine by me. And then he smashes the glass, takes the emerald, and has a flashback. <laughs> I played too much Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, you yeah you did. <laughs> uh, Ian, is there any side character type, some archetype you really enjoy? There's two things that come to mind for me. Uh, I have uh, any character that's snarky. Um, like this has come up with 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 the protagonist before, but I do like also. Um, snarky side, char- side characters like Wit from the Stormlight Archives. Um, oh, they just like me for real, for real. Hmm. Um, I also like any character that is hyper competent in a specific way, um, like Steris in uh, Mistborn Era Two. The scene in. Uh, which one is it? Uh, Bands of Mourning, I think. Um, spoilers for Bands of Mourning. Where, um, they have to leave the hotel in a hurry. And she has provided, uh, the receptionist with a full list of things that might go wrong. And as they're leaving, she sh- she shouts back over her shoulder the exact situation that they're in and the page that it's on. Uh, and then her that competence... That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a hilarious scene. Her competence shows even more at the end of the fourth book, which has come out very recently, so I don't want to go too, too much into spoilers there. Um, Just put a massive spoiler warning. Yeah. Air raid Spoiler. sirens. Spoiler warning. Woo! This Woo. is a recognized spoiler Spo- warning. <laughs> Spoilers, dude. Um, there's a... Uh, basically, a bomb is about to go off in the harbor and send and flood the capital city. Um, and because Steris plans for everything... Uh, she is able to, uh, and also has um, uh, high social status, she is able to talk to the governor who puts her in charge of the emergency preparations, and she is able to save, like, all of the residents of the capital. Impressive. Yeah. Ian, you were talking about, like, very highly competent in like sort of a specific situation type thing, right? Yes. Uh, um, have Have you like ever had any interaction with Chainsaw Man? Only through hounds. 
<laughs> I, so said, is... I said the funny meme at it earlier. <laughs> there is a character called Kobeni. She is a oh side God, character. I, lo- I love her. <laughs> Kobeni is a total failure in everything she does, except she is an amazing stealth sort of ninja assassin. Huh. Like, she wields a knife like no one else. (laughs) But besides that, she's a a total girl failure. When Dylan says total girl failure, he doesn't just mean socially awkward. Like, you have to understand, Tobeni is a total girl failure. Like Fujimoto, the mangaka of Chainsaw Man, writes amazing girl failures. I love it. <laughs> yes. Man, I'll have to... She Boy. has the spine of a wet glob of cement. <laughs> okay, okay. But can uh, still kill you with a knife. <laughs> yes. Man, if only Hounds didn't talk about this show so much. Right. He talks Look. about Chainsaw Man and Nobara from Jujutsu Kaisen. That's it. <laughs> His whole personality is either Chainsaw Man or Nobara. I know, I know. I probably wouldn't watch JJK either either if I hadn't actually already watched it before he started talking about it. Anyways, um enough of the hound slanders. Um so Steris is uh one of my favorite side characters from hypercompetent side characters from uh Mistborn Era 2. Oh, how about the locked tomb? We haven't brought that up yet this episode. Oh, Maya isn't here to net out with you, unfortunately. Yeah, no. <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah. Read the locked tomb, you guys. It's good. I will want to become literate, I told you this. We've established we've established in previous episodes that Dylan is illiterate. Yes. Oof. Iante. Favorite side character from uh, Gideon the Ninth. Mm-hmm. Why is there a specific talent? It's unique to them. I think she falls into the another type of, of character that I like, um, which is entertainingly horrible person. <laughs> Ooh, I love those. Um... But she is also definitely in in the universe of the locked tomb. She is definitely one of in the top three for greatest necromancers of her generation. Again, spoilers for Gideon the Ninth. Um, Ianthe is uh, one of two twin sisters, uh, and. She and her sister are officially both necromancers and heirs to the third house. Her sister Corona is not actually a necromancer. Iante has been pretending to be two necromancers for her entire life and has been getting away with it. Wow. Even the military intelligence thinks that Corona is also a necromancer. And Ianthe Impressive. Yeah, yeah. Ianthe is also the first one to fully put together and apply the principles of uh, becoming a lictor, um, which is, in, in the plot of Gideon the Ninth, the reason that all of the heirs of the houses are brought together is because... The Emperor is wanting more Lictors, who are basically super powerful immortal necromancers. Um, There are a series of experiments that basically the necromancers who have come together to become Lictors have to reverse engineer the process with. Um, And we see our protagonist, Harrow, go through, well, getting... Deuteragonist and Gideon the Ninth, really. Harrow. Uh, Harrow and Gideon go through a few, and we a few of these experiments, uh, lictoral trials, um, and we see we see that 
Ianthe never goes through any of them. She just watches everyone else does do it. And she's the first one to actually become a lictor. Mm. So wow. she's she's smart and strong, but she is lazy and spiteful. Hmm, interesting. Barry. I do like that. Barry, yes. I have a problem proposition for you to take all this okay. podcast. Something both very near and dear to your heart and mine. Let's talk about the greatest side characters in all of uh, creative mediums. Okay. Let's talk about pro wrestlers who aren't the top champion. Yes. Oh. 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 You're going to have to. Oh, my God. I've so let's been talk for about this. the greatest wrestling storyline currently of this generation. Yes. Ongoing. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Three weeks uh-huh. away. Time of recording. Let's talk about the bloodline. Yes! Oh my god, the bloodline is amazing right so, now. So, listen to this. I'm all ears. So we have Roman Reigns. Okay. He uh, wins the WWE... Uh, no, it's the Universal title he wins first. This is uh, Summer of uh, Pandemic 2020. Um, and he has held that title since the summer of 2020. <laughs> it is yes. now 2023. He, this is, he's held it for 900 days, which is like a modern record. <laughs> I, don't, okay. he, I don't think he's lost clean since 2019. Do you know who the so, last guy to beat him was? The last guy to pin uh, him? Ah, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's my boy, Baron Corbin. (laughs) Yes, it's Baron Corbin. Irrelevant. But uh, anyway, the the Bloodline storyline, so Roman Reigns wins that title. Not long after, he has to fight one of his cousins. uh, And his cousins are twins. They're an accomplished tag team called the Usos. And he has to fight... Yeah. And he has to fight one of his cousins. And he has a feud with him. And the entire feud is based around making his cousin acknowledge him as the head of the family, the head of the table. Not just that that he beat him and kept his title. He wants to break his cousin down and get him under his thumb and say, You are my tribal chief. You are the head of the table. Does that. At the same time, we have a Canadian of Syrian descent called Sami Zayn. Yes. And Sami Zayn is a conspiracy theorist who thinks the entire WWE is against him. Also, yes. It's amazing. And so what does he do? After fighting at WrestleMania, Johnny Knoxville... Deadass. Deadass. He has to... He decides... That's not even the only match Johnny Knoxville's had. Nope. Uh, But he decides the best course of action is to saddle his ass up to the bloodline, which is Roman Reigns and his cousins, the Usos. So he starts following them around, trying to, you know, ingratiate himself, get into the bloodline, become an honorary... An honorary... I can't say that word because honorary. Yeah. There we go. An honorary uso. There we go. I did it. Uh and guess what? He does. He helps yep. Roman. He, he, they win the big war games match, which is yep. a uh f- it was a four and four, five and five, but it's, there's two cages and two rings, and they won it. And yeah. he gets inducted into... He's into, in the group. He gets Usi with it. Ian, he's in the group. <laughs> he gets Usi. Okay. And, mm. you know, Roman wasn't very Usi. <laughs> he became Usi. Um, anyway. And then at the Royal Rumble in January, this January, who's Roman Reigns facing for the title? Ian. He's, he, he's facing... I don't know. Who's he facing? Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn's former best friend. Yes. Oh. So, 
at, at so like at the end of it all, you know, Roman's standing tall and he's about to lay the smack down on Kevin Owens' candy ass, right? But he wants Sammy to do it. Sammy has the chair, he stands behind Roman, and he hits the tribal chief in the back with it. And mm. and then when Sammy was getting inducted into the bloodline, uh one of the Usos, I believe uh which one is supportive and which one isn't? I believe Jay it's... likes him, Jimmy does not. Yeah. So Jay was very not on board. Right? But then Sammy gained his trust, he earned his trust. And then after that, Roman is like, you know, the other the other members of of Roman's family attack Sammy after he, him in the back. But Jay doesn't join in. He just walks away. Because he's grew like Sammy. And he's breaking out. He was the guy who Roman first put under his thumb. And now he's breaking away. Yep. Mm. It's so good. And then, and then it continued to build until the next month's pay-per-view. Elimination Chamber. Which is a pay-per-view about Elimination Chamber matches. Which is a whole thing on its own. Basically, it's we, six dudes. It's, yeah, it's six dudes in a hell cage. Don't worry about it. Um, and then, what is the main event? Sammy in Montreal facing Roman himself. And, and Sammy it, is from where? Montreal. <laughs> and it, by the way, it was not only the best match of the night, but possibly of the month. Like, it was amazing. And in the end, Roman beat Sammy. Yes. And then Kevin Owens came out, though. And saved Sammy from beatdown after the match. Yeah. And now Roman and Sammy aren't going to fight again at WrestleMania. Roman's yeah, got his own problem to deal with. Called Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare. But he's a blonde-haired little shit, and I love him. <laughs> but what Sammy Zayn has done is he's broken Roman. He's broken his family. He's broken Roman's sort of authoritarian rule over his family. And in the end, even if Cody Rhodes is the man who beats Roman Reigns for the title, it's because of Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is a side character who's broken the main antagonist, the main bad guy, the main... the guy we followed as champion for nearly three years. He's the guy who broke it by being a weird conspiracy theorist. Yep. <laughs> and to put this into perspective, like, the Usos are not only Roman's, like, real family. Like, they're actually his cousins. But mm -hmm. Roman's whole family, they're wrestlers. Roman is legitimately, like, third or fourth generation wrestler. His family is so important that it's led to a saying amongst WWE fans that if they're the son of a wrestler, if they're the son of a Samoan wrestler, they're probably going to be a Samoan wrestler. And something uh, Canada yeah. slipped in, gained their trust, and then chose his morals over that family and crunched it down into just pieces. It's such good storytelling. Uh, I'm going to just show you. Their family mm -hmm. is so big and important in wrestling. There's a Wikipedia page about it. I've just sent it into our chat. <laughs> yep, the Anawahi. Uh, Anawahi. Yeah, they are an American Samoa family, and related uh, through sort of a blood brothership is Dwayne the Rock Johnson, even. <laughs> so oh, yep. that's how big this family is. Like, they're wow. not blood related, okay. but like Roman's dad and the Rock's dad like are like tight. And so, Roman, so the Rock is basically a part of the family. Mm hmm. I see, I see. Yeah, and some dude from Canada turned that into a circus. <laughs> this weird ginger of Syrian descent from Montreal. <laughs> He's the guy who breaks it. <laughs> Sammy legitimately looks like if a hipster did bodybuilding. Let me uh, get a picture of Sammy Zane up uh... For, for uh, Ian, yeah, uh, here we go, Ian. This is Sami Zayn. 
Okay, he does look like someone who should be uh, ranting in front of a corkboard covered in red string. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and he's the guy who broke <laughs> the unbeatable, you know, guy who's gone on. He's beaten so many people. He beat Edge. He beat Daniel Bryan. He beat Cesaro. All those names are important. Yeah, he beat Drew McIntyre in Cardiff in Very a hostile important. environment. I was in the crowd. We were so angry. He's beaten Kevin Owens multiple times. He's beaten Brock Lesnar. You know. And he is he, not related at all to American fast wrestler El Generico. <laughs> no. El Generico is running a, uh, an orphanage. <laughs> Don't, yeah. don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, like, all this. And th- this guy. This this dude right here. He's the one who ruins it. Sami Zayn. And everyone listening who's not wrestling fans, you watch WrestleMania when it comes now. You will see some of the greatest video packages of all time recap this story way better than we did. And you should oh, watch yeah. it. It's breathtaking. It's so good. We should do wrestling, more wrestling episodes. Yes, but these just me and Dylan talking shit about <laughs> Hulk Hogan for for an hour. I want this. Don't get me started on him. <laughs> Don't do not get me started on Terry Bollea. <laughs> no. do, do we need to spin you off your own podcast for this? Oh God, oh, the, the wrestling podcast industry though it's it's oversaturated. Mm, You're going to have to compete with Deadlock. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) We're all right. (laughs) I'll stick stick to uh, this this place. But yeah. But yeah. We'll... uh, What we're trying to say is like... That is a perfect side character. He dismantled that. Like, Sammy wasn't the protagonist. He, He was a guy who grew and grew and became this guy... And dismantled the antagonists of this company. And all the while, building in the background was the, the protagonist, Cody Rhodes, who, you know, he, he's the guy. He's the guy who brings in the business. But Sammy's the guy in the story who was important for all this to happen, you know? Yep. And it's it's just magical. You know, it's something we've never really seen in wrestling is a freer storyline with some the acting as well let's just say the acting is phenomenal oh yeah especially like jay uso's like inner conflict it it shows so well yeah everyone plays their roles perfectly and this is the the most hype i've been about wwe in a long time same uh, but and I think that's the perfect way to write a side character is, you know, take your side character, have him go from crazy conspiracy theorist to taking down a tyrannical government. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Sometimes you just need one ginger kid to destroy an entire Samoan family's confidence in themselves. <laughs> but yeah, uh, is there like sort of uh, any advice you guys would have for writing side characters? Well, and I need to get on my uh, my professional specs here. They're the same as my normal specs, so it's not going to take very long. When writing a side character, I think it's important to not consider them worthless. A side character is still a character. They still can have their own story and their own goals, and they can even dominate an episode or a storyline in some cases. But you need to treat them like that. You can't have a side character get pushed into the background just because they're side characters. And you can't have a side character like become the main focus halfway through because that's unsatisfying. There's a balance to side characters, I think, and it's best to toe that line. I think uh, my advice that I would always give when it comes to writing a side character is 
be very conscious of what you believe their purpose is. Of course, throughout writing and based on reaction, if you're writing a fanfic and people are really enjoying this one character who you initially thought a minor role of, you may want to imagine a, bit, a greater role. But don't artificially, you know, let things get out of control too much. Like, in the Sami Zayn instance, some people wanted Sami to win the entire thing. But that would not be right for the story. So don't ever think that because this character is the most popular, that they get to do the big thing. You know what I'm saying? You guys ever see yeah. that? It's like, someone might not be the most popular. Like, like when you have like a protagonist who isn't like, hitting on old cylinders, sometimes to say, okay, let's have the side character do the big thing. But that's not always great. You know? It depends yeah. on, like, the level of side character and what they're meant to do. But, you know, if you have two similar ones, and one is the protagonist, and one is the side character, and they're both around the same level, try and make your protagonist seem... <laughs> make them the protagonist, you know? They are your protagonists, so make them be, do protagonist things. Yeah. So for, like, an example of my thing, we can go back to wrestling. The mid-car talent. So the guys in the middle of the shows. They are side characters, technically, in terms of the overarching plot that is the main event. And they are popular. They're important. They have their own feuds going on. But they're not so much side characters that you can forget them. And they haven't ascended so much to character that they overwrite all the progress you've made on that division. So, you understand what I mean? Yeah, completely. Ian, is there any advice you would have for writing a side character? I haven't done a whole lot of writing, so there's not like much experience I can draw on here other than... What do you like to see from side characters usually? When reading or watching something, what makes you yeah. like a side character and what might turn you off? Something you would like people to avoid. Like, side characters you kind of dislike and go, I would have rathered if this guy wasn't around. <laughs> oh, oh, don't make them annoying. That is something. Don't make them a pervert. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to make a side character oh, a pervert, to make them endearing. <laughs> not, not a... Oh. Everyone yeah, who watches My actually, Hero Academia is, knows. That is a good point there. Uh, great boy, boy. A little too far on that <laughs> uh, on the pervert or, dial on that one. Yeah, also, it's a bit more advice, too. What I like to see is side characters who... I guess I already described this earlier. It's side characters who still matter, I think is the main thing I'm trying to get at. And that would be my advice. They're not minor characters. They need to matter, but they're not main characters. You can't have them take all the credit. Well, I think we've had a great discussion about our main topics this week. Of course, uh, we're coming towards the end here now, so... Uh, let's talk about our mailbag. We, uh, Ian, have we received anything yet? It's still empty. Uh, so if you, uh, listening have anything that you want to tell us, uh, please shoot us an email at fanfictapes at gmail.com. Uh, leave us, um, a comment on the YouTube version of, uh, the episodes. Um, and you can also tweet us, uh, at fanfictiontapes on Twitter. Uh, Maya normally monitors our Twitter, so I don't think we have... She didn't leave us anything uh, from the Twitter for the episode this week. Um, you can also uh, leave us uh, reviews and ratings on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, I know Spotify doesn't let you leave a written review, but Apple Podcasts does. So even if you do mostly listen to us on Spotify, um, if you can... Pop over to Apple, leave us a rating there. That all of that uh, helps us expand our audience, get us uh, get us more listeners. Amazing. Uh, and for our prompt 
slash challenge. Uh, well, this week, obviously, and we're talking about side characters, so find your favorite side character out of any you have ever read or watched, and uh, write a little story where, for once, they're the main focus. They are the pro-tag. So, turn your side into a pro-tag. So, I have been your host, the best host, the host who does it, not really the most. Dylan, uh, alongside our guest. I've been Barry, socially awkward as ever. And our producer. I've been Ian. Bye. Thank you.